Hello, and thank you for listening to Unplanned Trek. to Unplanned Trek, the podcast that had a mind meld with Tuvok and left him shattered. My name is Isaac and this week I am joined by Jack from Two Minute Trek. How are you? Hello, I'm here instead of Andrew. That's right. Today. Yes, Andrew couldn't make it, but a big good day to you from us, mate. Hope you're doing okay. This week we have two special guests on the show. Who do we have, Jack? Well, we have, um, we have the ship designer. Bill Krause? Yep. And we also have Olivia, who played Ensign Riggs. In Picard. In Picard. So, look, I'm really excited to talk to these people. How are you feeling about it? I, I'm very excited because usually people, not being rude to Olivia, but um, <laughs> people usually try to get, like, the captain, the commander. It's good to see some of the lower decks. Yeah. Lower decks. Because the stories would be different mm. from, like, how we had Todd Stashwick on. Yes, that's right. That would be cool, won't it? Well, let's let's bring them on and um, have a chat to them and ask them some questions. How does that sound? Sounds good. Excellent. Thanks so much for joining us today. How are you going today? I'm good. I um, I spent the morning, you know, working out and doing all my hobby stuff, and now I'm home talking to you two all the way in Australia. That's what right. part of Australia are you in? I don't actually know. Um, so Tasmania, so like the okay. island at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, where Warner Brothers made Tazzy Devil famous as well. But he, ours don't spin around like that one. Not, not manually anyway, not consensually. <laughs> but, yeah, where we're in the, um, yeah, southeast corner of, of Taz, um, just, yeah. just south of Melbourne. Yeah. Okay, yeah. got it. I've not been, but I would love to go someday. Have you been to Australia? No, no? I have not. I've actually travelled very little outside of the US. I'm a bit of a workaholic. Um sure. I had made my New Year's resolution in 2020 to oh. travel more. <laughs> That's a great oh. resolution. Horrible timing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. yeah. That year, a girlfriend of mine and I, we both have realized we didn't travel enough and we were like, we're going to do a, a blowout trip for our first trip. It's going to be so much fun. And then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, damn pandemics ruining travel plans all the time there. Uh, whereabouts do we find you today? Which part of the states are you in? Um, I'm in Los Angeles, so I'm down in Southern California. Um, I imagine that's where a lot of you know folks from the show yeah. would probably be, unless they're traveling for a convention or something. Um, so yeah, I live in, in Southern California. Um, I have not lived here my whole life. I've actually moved a, quite a bit around the U.S. So I have only been outside of the country twice, but I've been in over half of the states here. So Cool. Well, that's a lot of travel yeah, in itself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, a lot, um, half the states here would only be four. <laughs> so I've been looking forward to um, asking this question since I knew you were going to come on. So you've alluded on Twitter a fair bit that Ensign Riggs isn't dead. And um, and even today I've, I've seen you, you write it. So I, I was going to oh, ask you. I'm in a you, war with memory alpha now. Yeah. I'm in a war with memory <laughs> and, and they think you're doing the parrot sketch from um, Monty Python. Yeah, I mean, that's that's Terry's sense of humor. Um, no, I mean, I've, I've talked with him and he confirmed. He was like, you know, eh, he's like, you're 
down, but you're not dead. His, right. You know, um, I, you know, knock on wood, if legacy happens and mm. Terry remembers me and wants to bring me back, then that would be fantastic. And then, and then that would finally be put to rest. Excellent. Um, not like Riggs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask is if, if there's been like any deleted scenes that, that Riggs was in that also helps with that canon to, to prove that she's um, not dead? Or just that there wasn't a death scene, so therefore there's there's no death? Well, the second scene was cut down for time. Hmm. Um, it was actually it was a couple things. I had a lot more dialogue, and then we realised the hallway was not long enough. Like, I'm oh. running, and I had all this stuff to say, and it was just no... Unless I was, like, you know, <laughs> spinning it out, um, or walking. it was going to be impossible. <laughs> so yeah um so i think that scene was cut down a bit and i had um there weren't any deleted scenes there was some discussion about whether or not i'd be available to come back and show me getting like borgified um mm. but that just ended up not being able to work out and so uh that's kind of where we're at with all of that yeah so it's a bit unresolved but not resolved yeah. in the sense that memory alpha think it's resolved <laughs> no yeah. no it's fine um I'm just going to forever, ever remember that. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, all the more reason for me to keep telling people, like, push Paramount for legacy. Mm. Um, I just think there's a lot of really interesting stories that can be told there. I know there's a lot of stuff people didn't get to see in the season three of Picard that they want to see, and I think legacy is the vehicle that could make that happen. So It, it also really could be that. anything. Like, it could be episodic, like Strange New Worlds, or it could be season-long story arcs with the... The character's so well established and loved. It, it seems like a no brainer. I'm, oh. I've actually, and I've wondered if they've just been announcing it and filming it in secret and they're just going to drop it one day on us without telling us. But, but um, you've you got to remember that Strange New Worlds also, um, that, that got announced quite after Discovery Season 2 had wrapped and took a while to, to come as well. So, yeah. you know, good things come to those that wait. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, it, season two was with Pike and yeah. Season Spock. two was all, almost like a pre-season one of yeah, yeah, because it had um, Una, it had Pike, and it had Spock in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, no, I think that it really comes down to you know money. They've got two new projects they're developing, right? With yeah. Section Thirty One and Academy, um, and the streaming model itself has been kind of unsustainable. There's this mm. looming writer strike happening right now in LA and it's going to change uh, TV for a lot of people for yeah. a while. Um, so, you know, okay. there's only so much money and, and they've also got Strange New mm. Worlds and Prodigy and Lower Decks. So yeah. there's enough content. So, yeah. Legacy truly has not been greenlit. Like that's no one's, mm. no one's lying. People yeah. are like, oh, they're just playing coy. No, it, it hasn't. Mm. And that's, understandable because you've got five other things you're working on right now yeah I, I hope the execs at paramount plus aren't going to listen to my next point too but they're probably not going to attract new customers by star trek legacy it would be appeasing the existing customers that are already there um so there's that that side of it too is it is it actually going to grow Sorry, I that's, shouldn't have mentioned that. That's, that's <laughs> what I try to explain to people about the streaming model. You know, yeah. uh, traditional broadcast television, you'd have shows go on for 12 seasons. As mm. long as they were bringing new viewers, it was making you money because advertisers would pay money for those time slots. Mm. With streaming TV, you don't have that. Um, it's about attracting new subscribers. Mm. So, yeah, they could make 20 Star Trek shows, but people who don't watch Star Trek aren't going to suddenly watch 
you know, starting yeah. at 19 versus eight, 1 through 18. Um, they want to make other things that bring in other viewers. And so that makes sense. Mm. Um, You've also got we, the Section 31 movie that's coming. Yeah, out. that's going to be cool. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, this isn't on our little question thing, but how long did you spend on set? It was only a couple days, um, all together between fittings and then being there, maybe four days total. Um, wow. It really wasn't that much time, um, but you're there all day. Right. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, with that, because um, obviously it was during that um, cease your holidays and COVID time, Did um, yeah. was, was there any, like, what were the restrictions like for you on set? It was, there were, the restrictions were pretty, um, you know, pretty intense. I don't think it was the kind of experience that um, a lot of, like, I, I, for me coming in, I, this was my first, you know, major network role hmm. in anything. So I, um, I don't have years of set experience before COVID to appreciate, but right. I mean, it would, even just coming in for the fitting, I'd need to get a PCR test. So Mm. We would have to coordinate not only the day I could come in to have my fitting and have them look at my you know hair and, and do t makeup tests, but then make sure that there was a day with the right window that they could come. So they, what was nice was they sent someone to my house. So they sent someone to me. I got tested. Once that cleared, then I went to set the next day. Um, and then when you get there, you have to test again on the spot mm. for a rapid. Um, so that was all pretty restrictive. It was masks on when you weren't actively... Um, filming a scene in any situation masks were still on uh and you know you couldn't eat like we had a, the first day i was shooting we were kind of sitting inside somewhere the actors had their own little spot and you know we had covid protocol people coming around making sure we were wearing our masks while we were all sitting there talking to each other um if we were eating we were supposed to go outside you know it was wow. i mean they took it very seriously which i appreciated mm. um and because that's that impact set. If someone gets sick yeah. and are exposed, you have to shut down. And I don't think people realize. I don't even know how many times they actually had to shut down because, like, people were getting sick. It happened. Yeah. It's impossible to avoid. So when did you so, actually like film it? Like, what? How long ago? Yeah. Um, over a year ago. Because mm. that mean, this was was when COVID was a lot bigger than it is yeah, now. Yeah, and a lot it's more still lockdowns big. and things. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah the, the thing being, like, if, I don't know, like, if Patrick Stewart or, you know, mm -hmm. um, Jerry Ryan got COVID, that would affect everything, you know, yeah. let alone all the other um, roles or things that are in the background or even on camera, you know. Mm. If anyone gets it, it's, it's a huge deal. So they would have had to take it incredibly seriously. Yeah. Yeah. A lot, lot, lot of sacrifices. So thanks to everyone that was involved, it would have been... Yeah. wouldn't necessarily have been as fun as it looked on camera. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it, it eats into the budget too. You're yeah. hiring people who have to be there to monitor for COVID. You're paying for these tests constantly. Um, every day you have to shut down production, eats into your budget. So anytime someone would get sick and you have to shut down that. Cause, so I know a lot of people have been like, well, how bad could the, you know, because there's some stuff that didn't get done because of budget. And people are like, oh, I don't know if I believe that. I'm like, we don't understand how much money went into COVID stuff. Yeah, yeah. Necessarily, like rightly so, but that limits you. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, on Twitter, you've mentioned before that you've got a real life science kind of role that you do. Now, yeah. Jack, Jack's quite smart, but that's not hereditary. So if, if, <laughs> if you're explaining it to um, a dipshit from Tasmania, um, what would you say your job is? <laughs> um, sure. Well, so I don't go into too much detail because 
I still try to keep a certain barrier online yeah, around sure. you know, things like that. But um, I have a degree in biotechnology, uh, which is um, with an emphasis in microbiology and fermentation. So um, I do a lot of work in clinical oncology research now, like working on drug trials um, yeah. for you know cancer drugs, basically. And I kind of helped lead those. I'm um, I'm the lead of a a major study right now in Japan. So wow, yeah, that's that's close by. <laughs> <laughs> that's excellent, and and could potentially be quite rewarding as well. Have have mm. real impact on people that need it. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's a lot of stress, but you know, it's for good reason. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Jean-Luc Picard medal. Well, as as an um, an actor in Star Trek Picard, we thought it only fair that we give you the Picard medal to award this week. So for new players, <laughs> this is where, like like sporting events, we give a three, two, and one for the the best um uh, best characters or moments in the episode, and we've thrown it open to Olivia to um, focus on the last generation and give us her top three. So. If it's okay, I'll get you to reveal from one up to three to build the drama. Okay, so three is my top top. That's right. Player. They get they get the big points. They get the new car this week. The first character actually, and this is entirely selfish on my part because their favorite was uh, Tuvok as Tim Russ. I loved. I would have done that too, as well. I he was so he has not Tim Russ. Whenever I talk to people about, because I've talked about wanting to be on Star Trek my whole life. Like I went to my first acting class, and they were like, "What do you want?" I was like, "Star Trek." That was <laughs> that was what I said. Um, and Tim Russ was always this great model because he was someone who got to be on. Technically, he was part of TOS because he was in you know one of the TOS films. He was on an episode of Next Gen. Hmm. He was That's a Klingon on DS Nine. All before he finally got Tuvok on Voyager. So he's done. So, he that man loves Star Trek. Um, and when I found out he was going to be there that season, because he was filming one of the days I was filming, I saw his name on the call sheet and I lost my shit. I lost my shit. I was so thrilled that he was going to be on that season because to me, he's like the good luck charm of Star Trek. Yeah. Um, and so he has not missed a beat. His portrayal of Tuvok was like, it, like just you totally believe that this is Tuvok. Definitely. Later. Um, highly intelligent and logical, but that little bit of like smirky, you know, sarcastic bit of him, um, his refusal to let Seven resign mm. um, and getting to have that moment with her. And I, I think, um, I know fans really wanted to for that to be Janeway. And I do think thematically, like it would have been beautiful to see Janeway yeah. promoting her. Um, but again, budgets and, and rights to characters. Um, yeah. But after Janeway, I think Tuvok's the next best pick because his friendship with Seven mm. Voyager was something that I always thought was actually really beautiful and and treasured. The um the Year of Hell episodes mm. where he's gone blind and she's guiding. She you find out she goes to pick him up for his rounds every day and she's offering help him shave. I'm like oh my god, they have this. They understand each other in a way that no one else can. And they also um, both they both push put up with humans, you know, and they can yes. have empathy with <laughs> each other. Of oh geez, the way they talk to each other, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, as when Seven was on Voyager, she was more light 
too vocative yeah. she wasn't as humany because she was there's, yeah. there's an episode where they're in a shuttle pod together and she reveals how how long it's been since either of them have talked it's like you know two hours 12 minutes and 38 seconds and she's like he's like what and she goes that's that's how long we've been quiet and he goes yeah that was fine <laughs> i loved no i love them together so I, i'm so happy to see him doing that for her yeah i loved I seeing tuvok because that's also that was my first series i watched because i watched the first two of the reboot movies uh-huh. and then i watched voyager and then i didn't really know what was happening and then a week after, I stayed at my grandma's house and I watched, like, five episodes. And then it was... I loved it. You were hooked. Yeah. 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 Jack's got a lot of time for Harry, Harry Kim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So, so, great vote. Who's got you two? Who, who outdid two Um, Logically, after that, it's seven of nine. Mm. She's... People, I'm, people probably would expect me to put her top always because I'm so biased and love her so much. <laughs> and Jerry Ryan is such a dream of a person in general um i mean she comes in she takes command she has to inspire her crew that she has in order to you know hold off and save the day as long as possible until picard can come in just seeing her in that position and take command and at that point she was thinking she was leaving starfleet like Mm. this wasn't her future but she did it anyway because she had to um she understands how much she really does love Starfleet. Um, I have a, a lot about that because I know some people are like, why would she ever join? I'm like, mm, there are reasons. Um, it was just so beautiful to see her like really finally stepping into that role and being comfortable and confident in it. Um, and then watching her have that emotional moment with Tuvok hmm. and then that, you know, end cap of her being captain of the USS Enterprise G? What? Are you kidding me? Goosebumps. Goosebumps. It's such a perfect little sting tease of the, like, you know, what are you going to say? And you just get that smile, and then, boof, off they go. And it's like, ah, I want to know. Very good editing. Something with this episode is the big, like, climax of the season ended not for the it didn't go for the whole episode so you got to see like the new enterprise you got to see the mm. poker game you got to see other things other than just yeah it wasn't i've been calling it a front door pilot like it, it's not even hiding the fact that it's back door you know what what i like what i like about seven in the, in that scene with tuvok as well is she's kind of like this is who i am if it's not good enough for starfleet that's cool i'll go and do something else like she's not going to bend to become starfleetable and I guess that that's different to old Star Trek where it's utopian, everyone fits in and everyone will get along. It, it's actually quite refreshing to see someone like that and be rewarded for actually being unique. As Shaw kind of said, you know, um, she breaks the rules, but the rules were broken anyway, so who cares? You know, she's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's great. So there's about 20 contenders left for who gets your three votes. I mean, there's some... You've had a tough job getting the three best characters this week. Yeah. Who takes it out? So I sat down and thought about this for a while. Um, <laughs> because there's so, and there were so many others that I wanted to pick. But I sat back and thought about, I was lucky enough that I got to see that finale episode 
on the big screen here in mm. LA with the IMAX viewing and the crowd and wow. the energy in that room. And I was trying to remember what it was like being in there. And what was the moment that made me emotional that got the crowd literally cheering, like yeah. truly cheering. And it was Deanna. Yes. So right. My yeah. top pick is Deanna because that moment of her going, I know where they are. Mm. And like I get chills, even right now I'm getting chills. I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna cry <laughs> um, because it was just so beautiful. You know, there was so much, especially with TNG. Um, even back, you know, when Star Trek was on the air actively, and people would kind of joke, like you know, Deanna was like the useless character, mm. and it's like here she saves the day. Her. Yeah. The fact that she's a beta zoid, the fact that her power is this empathy, and that love is this thing that she has that's what lets her save our heroes like that you know and it was her redemption moment because people would always talk about her crushing the yeah, ship in the right, each generation. Um, <laughs> and the crowd I mean, the crowd in that theater lost it Terrific. at that moment it really was so beautiful and moving um and she saves the she saves our heroes yeah. so I, I could not imagine being there like in just the room that the other co-host that's usually on he's not here today but at his house and watching that, I couldn't. I was going crazy, but I couldn't yeah. imagine being there with all. And there was only four of us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, did they do episodes nine and ten at at the at, at the IMAX? Yeah, they did. They did both. So, so we got like to a see movie. Both. Awesome! That would because so it is a movie. Did it's, you get to see it? It's a movie. Yeah. Did you get to see it early? I don't know if I did or didn't. I certainly would not reveal if I had. Uh, ah. <laughs> I, I may have pestered people quite a bit to tell me what was happening. I will say that. Because yeah. um, <laughs> if you've got a non-disclosure and they've got a non-disclosure, maybe you're, it, they cancel each other out. It's simple maths, right? Yeah. Um, I, I had... I, because my episodes were three and eight, there was enough time between them that I was able to kind of glean what was going on. And so then I was like, well, I kind of already have most of this figured out, especially because I'm such a Star Trek nerd. So I was like poking people and I was like, okay, just tell me what happened. Just tell me what happened. Like, you know, but there were things that were truly surprised. So it was beautiful because it was both stuff that I knew was going to happen, but I got to finally see it. Um, and then stuff that I had no clue was coming and got to have the joy of, of oh, I didn't know and experience it for the first time, so it was beautiful. Excellent. They're fantastic votes. But you have to do bad ones. Yeah. The Keiko O'Brien Medal. Keiko O'Brien, obviously not a good character. Yes, so unfairly named this medal, but... Um, it's about the three worst so it's but so if the three gives you three points and then dad's got a little note thing and like i've got a tally I've got who's a the worst scoreboard. at the moment um neelix is winning um this medal <laughs> <laughs> and to be to That's be fair amazing. if he turns up like he, he could get three votes in this episode you know if it's just me thinking about him but I digress. Um, I, I do. Uh, when I um, mentioned to Olivia online about asking you to be on the pod and doing this, she did mention that she might fight me about some of my decisions. So I'm looking forward to this. We'll see. We'll see what you pick. So my first vote is for Wharf this week. What? Okay. Explain. Show your work. 
Okay, so you're at the IMAX and you're having the best time, right? This is a fantastic <laughs> filmic experience. Worf falls asleep. <laughs> There's no way you sleep through this finale. It's fantastic. It's the best episode. You don't go to sleep. But not only that, there's a continuity error. I don't know if you've seen it, but just before he goes to sleep, he exits the turbo lift twice after returning from the Borg ship. Oh, God, I did not. I have not caught that. I need to go back and look for it. Yeah, it, it, um, I only spotted it um, thanks to someone mentioning it on Twitter, but I, I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm, I'm a fan. I love the fact that he comes off twice. You know, I'm not there going, ooh, look what they do. Yeah, that's not Klingon's right. Maybe Klingon wasn't it. actually working. He had to turbo lift to another floor to find a working restroom and then came back and got off again. <laughs> well, I, I, I figure there's, um, on this refit of the Enterprise D, that O'Brien is in, in, in is still in the transporter room and just there alone. Um, so he maybe went and visited him because he's been, you know, been loaned for years. But, yeah, one, one for Worf. So happy. Wasn't there. Two votes to the Borg Queen. Okay. So I've got here, resistance has actually proven to be a good strategy for a long time. It's not futile. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually futile trying to assimilate by this stage. So, yeah. I mean, we've here's the thing, right? And I think part of the problem is that any villain, when you see them enough and they get foiled enough, it starts to feel like... You know, okay, are they really as much of a threat? I do, I mean, I think that they really nailed the horror aspect mm. of the Borg. Like, she was grotesque. Um, yeah. Seeing them decaying, the whole concept of this cannibalization of them, like, that was horrifying. Mm. The idea that they could surreptitiously be assimilating people through their DNA, mm. terrifying concept. Um, so, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. But I think, <laughs> I think it was like, asked to get Alice Creed back, and like, yeah. she was just. Oh my god! It was just, uh, you know. Um, and, and you're right; they are scary. Like they're they're disconcerting to look at. Their ship isn't ship shape. Oh, I didn't mean yeah. that to sound like I didn't mean that as in it's ship shape, as in perfect. <laughs> I mean it is in you don't see cubes in space. You don't when you think of a spaceship or any vehicle. You don't think of like it. It's just a bit. If a Borg walked through that door, you'd be screaming. Yeah, I would. <laughs> yeah, if, <laughs> if one of your siblings came through the door, I'd probably scream that loud. <laughs> But yeah, so I I disagree with that because the Borg is the best alien. I love the Borg, mm, okay. and I can never get enough of the Borg. Borg is life. Okay, you you, you would oh, you resist? No, <laughs> you like take me. <laughs> My first email address was Peace Borg, um, so I predicted the Gerardi storyline, the Borgati, a long time ago. Um, no, I mean I think I think the part you know. We had Borg every season of Picard mm. kind of be played into it. So I think that's also part of why people were like, oh, okay, it's the Borg again. But it's Jean-Luc Picard. Yeah, and like, if that's you right. think, what's the worst thing that ever happened to this man? What yeah. is the greatest enemy he ever faced? Like, what would be the worst possible thing that could ever happen to his child? Mm -hmm. Of course it's the Borg. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He can't be I was I was the exact really opposite. Point. I was like, it's the Borg again. Yeah, oh, yeah. I was. I, I think I got up at that point. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like Deanna did. She ran away. She was like, no, I'm not talking to you anymore. <laughs> All right, three votes. Um, this might not be a surprise. I've given it to the cook. <laughs> One, he's not confident, and two, he's the new Neelix. <laughs> But have you tried his food? It could well, be I, I even thought about that. In the very first episode, 
Shaw is eating a steak. You know, mm-hmm. he starts the meal, you know, because their reputations preceded mm-hmm. them. I wouldn't eat a steak that that's, that that was a really blue steak. Like it was really under under undercooked, like a sizzle I, sizzle. I, love a I don't eat steak. steak like that. Yeah, I, I need I it cooked. Oh, do you? <laughs> Yeah, we got, it's called a black and blue style, or in the States, it's also called, like, Philadelphia style. Okay. Um, and it's literally, like, seared on the outside, so it's really crisp, but mm. then super blue on the inside. I love it. It's right. great. Oh, okay. So. Well, you did say you were going to fight me, so, if, yeah. If also, <laughs> if, 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 <laughs> I will eat that steak, for sure. Um, the steak is, that is a good steak. Um, I like the plate. I, <laughs> the cutlery, like it was all Starfleet um, stuff. I loved to have if, that. If it? the cook wasn't in Elix, he should get three good votes. <laughs> yeah, he, he was the comedic relief. I, I, but you know, he he wasn't. He didn't belong, and he certainly didn't belong as the pilot. So, yeah. I mean, you know, that, I think it, I, I think they knew they needed balancing drama and like comedy mm. at the right point during the drama is, a, is an art form yeah. um, and sometimes it's gonna miss for some people or hit i loved the comedy of him yeah. being like I, i'm just you know um because that was that was what prompted seven's inspirational speech moment yep. you know and i mean if you think about on voyager right like neelix was the cook and the morale officer and mm-hmm. ended up working in security and Tom Paris, who is the pilot ends up becoming a nurse, mm. which I, I mm. love that. That was all I, I, so I think about that sometimes and it just tickles me that Tom Paris starts off as the kind of cocky jock character. And then you find out he's a massive nerd who cosplays and ends up working as a nurse. Like yeah. it's great. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, there's a, quite a, a bit of that in, in Voyager, isn't it? Um, yeah. There's lots yeah. of, um, small arcs for each character. Except for Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Harry. Poor Harry. Yeah. Garrett Wang is such a nice guy in yeah. person. Um, I've met him a few times. Oh, and he's really lovely. Yeah. I've heard him in uh, on their podcast as well, the Delta Flyers, and he he does come across as really genuine and and nice. He he also jokes about him being the forever ensign as well. Which <laughs> I'm glad that he plays the joke that we all play at his expense. And I don't know if you saw. I did. But Harry Quinn was supposed to show up in the final yeah. episode of Star Trek, and he was going to be captain. See, was I, he actually going to be captain Harry Kim? Yeah. We, um, I mean, I'm not a writer, I'm a podcaster, and I'm probably not good at either of them. But I, I had as the final that the, in my head, um, the, the Enterprise, no, the Titan would park itself just outside of Starfleet Academy, and Picard would walk down slowly down a red carpet with a pip in his hand and put it on Harry's <laughs> tunic, and he'd be, become lieutenant, and that would be Finn. Credits roll. I mean, Terry Metalis and Tina did a little bit better than me, like a little bit better, but that, that was my concept of, of I, the conclusion. If Harry Kim did come as a captain, I would literally pick up the TV and throw it at you because oh, I'm okay. so happy. Right. <laughs> right, well. Out of joy or anger? Joy. You should okay. see what he does when he's angry. <laughs> <laughs> He's scarier than the ball queen, this one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it's too bad. I There was that scene they were going to film, and I know people um, have asked, you know, like, how could it, you know, well, to budget for a couple actors. And I'm like, it's not just a couple of actors. It's days filming, it's costuming, it's fittings. Um, if they were going to show a changeling prison, that meant that they would have had to build a set. 
uh, in order to do that scene. And then actors charge, you know, some actors are like, yeah, you know, I'll do it for practically for free if I want to. And, you know, other people are like, no, I want to get paid. And both are fully valid and, and, and right. So we have, I don't know. I don't know who, what, what budget it was. I just try to give that insight into the industry. Mm. Um, you know, and so there's only so much time and money and space mm. and someone might've been unavailable. Someone could have been sick. We don't know. And we're not going to reveal that if someone's yeah. sick, like that's not public information. Yeah. True. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, and that would have just been so great. I was really, really hoping we were going to get Captain Harry Kent. Yeah. I really was. Did, did I was I, I, I'd heard of it might happen, and I was like. But it also means it still can happen. So that that yeah. that's a glass half full approach. If legacy happens, we might get Captain Harry Kent. <laughs> yes. Oh. Yeah. Fighting seven. TV <laughs> that you For some reason, yeah. I'm, again, I'm not a writer. Yeah. The best line of the episode. Um, so another segment we do on this show is line of the episode. And... We haven't revealed this yet, but Jack has just auditioned for a, a musical. It's his first ever, and he's finding out today, shortly after this wraps, what role he's got in the play. So yeah. we thought we'd give Jack the opportunity to, to let out his thespian. He's going to um, give you a couple of lines from the episode, and if you could judge which is the best one, that will win a line of the episode. So when Seven, when seven goes, <gasps> it cuts. Yeah. Just... Her, her engage, if you like. Yeah. So do you want to do that? <gasps> yep. <laughs> and and we've got one as well written down, which is two characters, so I'll, I'll read one. Who do you want to be? I'll be Picard. Okay, do the old man voice. It means so much to me. You know that I know. Always. That's good. That's good. Thank B you. Buy your tickets. You're going to LA, Jack. <laughs> Start auditioning. <laughs> Um, so, um, well, don't play older than you are until you absolutely have to. Mm, that's mm -hmm. true. They don't ask you to play younger very much. Don't become, <laughs> don't become an Harold's. Harold Picard. Well, uh, yeah, we, yeah, I don't think that's a nice question. <laughs> uh, what? Do, do you have a, uh, another contender for line of the episode or one of those win for you, Olivia? Oh, gosh. I mean, I love that, you know, I, you know, how much it means to me, mm. you know, I know always that freaking beautiful. I cried. I cried. I think, yep. I think I really love Jack. Actually, I think Jack gives my favorite line of the episode when he tells Picard that names mean almost mm. everything. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's fine tingling. Very important. Yeah. yeah. When you get that reveal of the fact that it's the enterprise. And also, I mean, that's mm. kind of been thematically what we were seeing with seven was her name is important. Yes. And she was being disrespected. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that ties into that as well. And now she's Captain Seven, not Captain mm. Anka, Captain Seven, which I think is hugely important. Um, you know, and, and honestly, I think Jack had some of my favorite lines this episode, or the mm. bit about, oh, well, nepotism, you know, when yeah. they're like, yeah. oh, that's such a thing. And he's like, eh. Yeah. Well, it's a good point. What everyone was thinking. Yeah. Um, that section yeah, was really good when they went into that weird Borg state when Picard, when Picard did plug the thing into his neck. Yeah, like, that was beautiful. Uh, and him, and Picard, was saying, Picard saying that he'd stay there with him if he doesn't want to leave. Like, that's a huge concession on Picard's part for his son. And 
you know, backs up that line that, it, you know, it does mean so much to him. It's, yeah, I'm prepared to give up the life I've known just to be with you. You know, it's beautiful. Oh, oh, I'm going to have to, I need a break. This is Jack Dorino from Let's Talk About Treks, and this is too short to be a promo. <laughs> Finding out there's a phaser and turning to war. Yeah. Like, what? Is worse, like, swords are fun. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, very good lines. Yeah. Was there a sex candle? No. Did you have an on the set best friend? COVID surge and so people were really kind mm. of like relegated to their trailers when they weren't right. filming their scenes um which is a really long day a set and jack if you want to be an actor a lot of set is hurry up and wait similar to the military <laughs> um, you'll have your early call time you'll get your hair and makeup and then you'll just be sitting there because they often fall behind or behind something mm. too longer to set up or whatever I feel and then you're just sitting there like going oh my god okay do i know my lines do i know my lines running through them then Checking your phone for an hour and being like, ah, no, you know. Um, um, I've got a question. Do you did you get anything that you get to keep from set, or are you not allowed to tell I us? <laughs> Good question. Did not. I was not allowed to keep anything <laughs> from set. Let's do it I really wanted. I actually asked. I was like, look, my uniform's torn up. It's like ripped. It's. Mm. Cut to my body. Can I keep this? And they're like, no, we can't, because oh. they keep they keep that stuff and resell it as auction items. Yeah. Um, so you can buy yeah. it, <laughs> but it could be a heavily inflated price as well. Um, might have something that maybe is sitting somewhere in my bookcase downstairs, but um, <laughs> just a book. Uh, no, I, they, we weren't allowed to take anything. I, I think. Um, you know, eventually, sometimes some people do have stuff that they get to keep from shows that they work on or, or steal. They, I really, I wanted to take my comm badge so badly. Yeah. But they like, they warned me. They were like, we keep track of these. Because oh. I think that's the easiest thing for someone to try and pocket. They'd already had that happen. Okay. So they were like, we're tracking these. We'll know if you keep yours. And I was like, God damn. They probably right. literally are. They're like GPS kind of enabled and they'll know yeah. where they all are. Like it's a, I mean, if you steal yeah. it, then you have a GPS. Yeah, and they know where you are. GPS. Yeah, and that's not gonna that's not gonna help you get the you know reprise the role of Riggs if they know you're a stealer. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. The Tuvix Medal. So um, this week for the Tuvix Medal, and what's the Tuvix Medal for new players? Tuvix Medal is anyone that died in the. Show so this is actually what I'm doing. Mm, I'm gonna throw it to you this um, way, Jack. So the Borg Queen obviously died, and everyone on the Borg Cube and the Borg Cube itself, yeah. So that's a lot of Borgs, that's a lot of death on this in this week. That's right, but none of the hero but, characters, yeah, which is the main which, thing, which is great. Yeah, and I think so it, the whole episode doesn't matter. Hmm. Um, oh, yeah, this is one that I like to ask when we've got um, someone on the show. This is a yes or no question, so you don't have to go further than that. But okay. is there anything you can't tell us? Yes. 
That's an exclusive. <laughs> That's a great one. A lot of things I can't tell people. <laughs> yes, yes, I knew it. <laughs> Have you um, filmed or worked on anything since Picard's wrapped, or is there anything that you're you've got coming up that we might be able to see you in? Um, so no new shows, but I had, I did film a, a music video recently, so I've been in a, a handful of music videos over the years, and uh, this is a newer artist who I hadn't worked with before, um, but there was a woman, so my friend and mentor, Taisha um, Monique Clark, who is a, a dancer in LA, reached out because she was casting for this music video and they needed um these two featured you know dancers slash actresses and she was like this is exactly your vibe we need you to come do this music video and so i got to go do that which was a lot of fun i love doing music video sets are a lot of fun um what type of style was the music hmm? what type of style was the music oh this uh oh i call this like moody sad girl um um, fatal kind of music. I don't know how to describe it. Right. Like Halsey kind of, kind oh, yeah. of vibes. Yeah, yeah, cool. When when you said that, I was thinking like acoustic, turn the lights off, maybe put a candle on, kind of. Oh yeah. no, we were yeah. filming in a fake, um, a fake like Las Vegas uh, gambling oh. establishment, playing poker. So actually, it felt very thematically. Yeah, it's the final scene um, of Picard. <laughs> I have a question. When you were filming, did you know how? good it was going to be the season i knew <laughs> i knew um i knew so i've been a big fan of terry metallis for a while because he did 12 monkeys which is a fantastic series uh the film itself is an amazing movie and then i actually hadn't watched 12 monkeys initially right when it first started airing because i was like oh it's a spinoff of a movie yeah. whatever and then i got into it and i was like oh my god this show is really 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 good um and i i was like He's bringing in some of his own team. It's I I knew it was going to be good, and then seeing what I saw when I was there, getting it on set, and kind of like I said, gleaning. I gleaned a lot between three and eight, and I was like, this uh, this season's going to be so freaking great, you know. Um, so I was really happy, and it's been such a joy to see not only the fans like loved it, but that it actually has moved people. Like mm. it is, it really has given people a sort of closure that they needed. Um, and I think it's so amazing how powerful TV and film can be yeah. in people's lives. Like to know that that's a thing. Mean, for me, it gave me closure. So it, it's amazing. Like I've said that it's my favorite season of Trek, but it's also my favorite season of anything. You know, like <laughs> I, I just loved it from from the very start. And I know there's some people out there that have have written off or haven't enjoyed early like season one and two of Picard, but I, I really enjoyed those too. But this was just like at another level and like again people online talk about you know it's fan service or anything i'm a fan <laughs> give me fan Seriously. service you know the, 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 I, i'm the target audience here and i'm loving it it was just so well done well you know the amount of easter eggs the amount of allusion to previous story that allowed allowed that you know, the, um, the respect credits, of canon. The credit sequence. Yes, as well. all of the music, the yeah. and new the characters. Music you know, it's all really brilliant. Good. Yeah. The music was so top level this mm. season. Just the way it managed to touch on the old, do the new. The soundtrack's beautiful. And yeah, I mean, I agree. I think what's the point of doing all this world building if you're not going to play with the things yeah. you created in this world? Like, you don't have to constantly be creating new things. You're allowed to go back and go, hey, we set up this interesting stuff from before. Mm. Now let's take it and extrapolate 
what has happened since and where it's gone. You know, I, I think we've got to kind of stop using fan service every time something references something that happened before. That's mm. not what mm. fan service is. You're playing in the world that's been created, you mm. know? And I mean, we know it can't possibly be fan service because so many people have been like, well, why didn't we get Janeway? Or why didn't we get Harry Kim? Or, mm. you know, why did Ensign Rowe have to die? Even though we know that she actually wasn't intended to be dead. Um, you know, and seasons one and two created so many interesting story mm. seeds that can then germinate in a, in a new series. Um, I think, I think it's great to be able to like leave all sorts of like doors open for people to then walk through later to tell a story within that room. I feel and, like in this house that you built. It's I, not fan service. I feel like this season could be interesting for someone who's not really seen those yeah, series. Yeah, a good place like to more, start. I feel it because it introduces you to these characters, but you don't need to, if they say, when we saw Ensign Rowe again, mm. you don't need to know who Ensign Rowe is to enjoy that enjoy sequence. That. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's a credit to the actress because mm. she's so convincingly mm. who she is and where she's at in that point of her life if you haven't seen Ensign Rowe and Picard's history, man, you don't need to to understand they've got history and it is not great. That's um, true. And you believe it. Yeah, you believe that hatred and you believe you believe that it's resolved by the end as well. Like the amount that they covered in that 45 minutes is, yeah. That, yeah. That, all the episodes are amazing. That one's amazing too. Yeah. Yeah. Do re mi fa sol la ti. Do Unplanned Trick Mailbag Well what we like to do sometimes is open the floor up to some fan questions Particularly when we have a guest on the show So we've got a few out there for you today Two Minute Trek asks, so me, I ask this <laughs> That um, being on Trek is a dream for most Trekkies So what was it? Were you like already Trekkie before you got to be on Star Trek? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I have been a I have been a lifelong Star Trek fan. Um, so you know, without giving away how old I am, which supposed to do as an actor, um, <laughs> I was. I mean, I, I yeah, no, but I, I mean that's a real thing. Um, <laughs> whoops, too late. I think a lot of people on the internet already know, but. Uh, <laughs> I was raised on Star Trek, so I grew up watching it. Um, my mom watched it while she was pregnant with me. Like, wow. it was always, you know, it was always on, even when it was in syndication, it was, I would watch mm. it. Um, so I have seen all of it numerous times because it's just, it was one of those things where it was the default, oh, Star Trek's on, okay, I'll put that on the TV while I'm doing whatever today. Um, and then I've also done you know, thoughtful rewatches where I'm actively paying attention to it too. So, um, yeah, I, I would say big fan. Excellent. Big, big um, I've got a question. What is your favorite series out of all of them? It's a good question. Um, so I always like to say that I have my favorite and then I have the one that I think is the best because mm. it's not always the same. Mm. Voyager point. is the one that is the dearest to my heart. It's, that's my favorite. I love it. Um, I think as a young girl, that was the one that had the most female representation mm. in the sense of like, you know, the captain was a woman, the chief engineer was a woman. Then you had Seven of Nine, who was my favorite mm. character. 
Um, and even the best villains during the run of that show were women. Seska mm. and the Borg Queen yeah, were women. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I think now, especially as an adult, I'm watching them all and appreciating them, I think DS9 is the best series overall. Yeah. DS9 gets a lot of love now that it didn't have back in the day as well, I think. Like, no. I, I was I was young. Well, well, it was probably about your age when DS9 started, Jack. And, yeah. Um, what I it, it just didn't seem interesting to me. Like it wasn't the the big bad of the week or Picard fighting on an alien planet or Riker telling him not to go down to an alien planet and doing it himself. <laughs> but it, I, the concept of everything coming to the station didn't feel like Trek to me as a kid. But yeah. watching it now, the storylines are a lot more grittier and probably more relevant now than some of the um, hero ones like, like Next Gen or even Voyager were. I think... I think DS9's aged really well. Yeah. 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 DS9 has held up really, really well. And you can see it's kind of Ronald Moore mm. figuring out what will eventually become his Battlestar, you know, reboot, right? Absolutely. And, so, and it's got O'Brien. Yeah. Ronald yeah. O'Brien. I yeah. hate O'Brien. Oh, you can't hate O'Brien. <laughs> he always sounds so annoyed. Jack hates O'Brien, hates O'Brien but <laughs> likes <laughs> Neelix. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's no wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> he is pretty cranky. I've not seen much of DS9. I saw like four episodes and loved it because I also pushed it off because it was not Same going reasons. through the planet. Yeah. It's just always on the thing. Yeah. And then in one of the episodes, they came from like someone came from the Delta Quadrant, I'm pretty sure. Uh, or maybe somewhere. the Gamma Quadrant, I think the yeah. wormhole comes and from. He yeah. just sounded so naughty. He's like, What are you doing? Get over here, mate. He <laughs> so didn't like him. <laughs> David Joseph Moody from Let's Talk About Treks asks you, um, why was Riggs so tired that she had to take a nap on the floor that one time? Was she exhausted from dealing with Jack? I don't think she means you, mate. Was she up late night before playing poker? And is Riggs under 25, meaning is she Borg? Ooh, that could be interesting. Why was Riggs so sleepy and what? Is she under 25? So could she be um... Borg? So, Riggs, well, I have a lot of ideas. Um, I'm not going to say. Here's the thing. If legacy happens, i got my own stuff I want to pitch for this character because I've got some thoughts um, <laughs> about that. Uh, <laughs> um, we won't tell anyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only, only anyone who listens to Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and they all promise. I'm listening. It's like those notices in a parking lot. Like, but when you read this, now you are... We were no longer legally responsible for your goods. I don't know if you have those in Australia, but here in the US, right. we have these things where it's like, aha, you read it, now you have to agree to it. Yeah, and then you agree to it all. Yeah, we just tick um, yes and move on. But. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I would love to find out if she's under 25 and mm. if she's dealing with any of the psychological ramifications of being borged um mm. i think that's a really interesting thing to explore with these characters and a lot that could happen in legacy um and maybe there might be some reasons why she was kind of so dazed in her first appearance mm. when she sees yeah. the blood on the ground and what that's about um yeah i got some thoughts on that but uh, legacy 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 that's all i can say <laughs> no that we, look we love that answer that's absolutely fine so it's got star trek asks given the choice which type of alien, which type of alien of Star Trek do you think you would most enjoy portraying, or would you like to help craft a whole new alien culture? Very good question. Um, 
Gosh, I personally love the trill. Like, I love the whole concept of the trill species mm. and the symbiotes, and I love the trill makeup, even though it makes it kind of easier to kill you off if they want to. Yeah, um, true. Do you know the trills? What series are they in? Uh, Dex from um, DS9. Yes, yeah. In DS9. And Dr. Oak from this season of Picard, she was a troll. She had the, the troll markings. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, I always really loved the trills, so I, I, I mm. like that. Um, or maybe like a Romulan would be really, oh, really cool. Wouldn't that be fun? Um, you get to look yeah. like a, a Vulcan, but not be a Vulcan. And you get to be really sarcastic, but not in that Vulcan, I'm better than you way. You get to just. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, be espionage. Yeah. <laughs> person it's hard for me to keep a hold on that so yeah. being a vulcan would be a fantastic acting challenge but right. i just love i love getting to cry so i i would so, so <laughs> be like i don't want to necessarily be a vulcan because i want to be able to cry <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah um i think all of that's pretty cool yeah. um i mean yeah. ideally i get to bring back rigs but um i'm down yeah. to come back as anything like honestly yeah you've been in star trek <laughs> that's cool yeah. you know? <laughs> <laughs> Um, Olivia, it's been fantastic having you on this pod. Really appreciate you making some time for us and looking Thank forward you. to seeing rigs on our screen in the future. We, we, uh, we're, we're buying the T-shirt. We, we, know, we know it's happening and um, yeah, we're, we're all on board for it. Thanks again. Thank you so much. Dogs wag tails and cats don't like to be seen. This one's for grudge. She is our queen. So the Grudge Medal is the best um, animal appearance. Well, actually, it's show. any mention of animals oh. that appear in the episode. You don't have to be good at I'm it. I'm not listening to your podcast. It's a bit boring, but... Oh. Um, oh. So oh. I just thought it was that, but... Like, oh, look, that hurt, <laughs> but look, I've been on Twitter. I've been hurt more than that, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Um, did you notice any cats in the last generation? No. I said cats. I kind of gave away where I was going. I'll, I'll no. Leave Did you notice any animals in this episode? No. No, there weren't any seen. But can you remember Data saying that he cried when he saw some Ensign's cat? Oh, yeah. So I'm giving a point in the grudge battle this I week to some that. Ensign's cat. <laughs> we don't have a name for it, but that's the way it is. Some instances is that going in your yeah, notes? Yeah, that, that will be in the list. <laughs> All right, so we're also joined this week by Bill Krause, ship designer and returning guest to the show. We're really excited to have you back, Bill. How are you today? I'm very good. Thanks for having me back again. We're really excited. Jack, have you ever talked to a ship designer before? No, I've been very excited. <laughs> I remember telling at school um, last year that you got to be on dad's pod and he was like what because he's also a trek fan excellent that's great well first thing um for um our listeners i can see you're wearing a pretty cool hat from here can you tell us what you're wearing today this is my uh my titan a cap that uh, i purchased just recently and uh, i should probably should have waited and got the uh the new one that replaces this hat, but uh, oh, <laughs> I, can, I can wear more than one hat, I guess. That's true. Is well, that for and, and, you know, yeah, the Enterprise G, yeah. I guess it's retro now, too. <laughs> it's, right. it's got a bit of shtick, that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, I've got a, a question for you, Bill. What is your favorite starship ever? Oh, 
I always go back to the Enterprise refit from the motion picture. Mm. Uh, as a, it was the first starship that you saw on uh, on the big screen, and it was just surrealistic when you saw the ship for the first time because it had every window in detail and window and door ports and you know the, the the level of detail on the ship was just incredible so uh you know when you first saw that you know you fell in love with it this is a real starship and uh so um that was the one so did we see that this season was that as part of the geordie laforge's um collection of ships you saw it, i think the a yeah in the museum that's right yeah. From, a, from a distance, I don't think you saw it very close. No, we, we didn't go inside it like we did with the D, but it's a, yeah, I think it was Jack Crusher's favourite, actually, in that yeah. episode. Um, yeah. So what, man. what ships did you design in this series? Uh, if you go back to the uh, season two, I built the, uh, the gold-plated models of the Stargazers, and they asked me to design a, a TOS version of the Stargazers. So you only saw it for just a second. Uh, so that would have been my first ship I would have designed. Kind of seen on camera, but really as a model in the background. And then for season three, of course, I designed the uh, the Titan A. Wow. Uh, which is also seen at the end as the Enterprise G. And I also designed the uh, the Intrepid that you see as the Deuterstack class uh, interceptor that uh, comes head to head with the Titan, I think, in episode five. And you see it later on, I think, as the, the Trumbull. Uh, when the, the three ships were chasing the uh, the Titan, and in the very end, you see it in the, the background behind the Enterprise G and Space Dock. So I got used quite a bit, but just those two ships. Yeah, terrific. But but the hero ship, <laughs> you say just two ships. It must feel really pretty important. cool to design a new Enterprise. Yeah, as well. exactly. And um, when when you see then um, aliens or indeed the fleet fire upon your own ship that you've designed, does that? Uh, is that is that personal or can you is that okay? Yeah, you're feeling them. Yeah, you're feeling them as they get uh, they beat up your ship. Man, all of my ships that got that damage, whether it was the Trepid or the, the Titan, they all got uh, fired upon quite a bit. Yeah, like Vanek, don't do that. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. it, it it was in pretty poor condition for for a little while. You know, things weren't looking good when they were in the womb of the space jelly monster. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> you know it's a hero ship. You always know that. In the end, it's going to be all fixed up and it'll be fine. So true. It's a good Even in the Enterprise D, we see again. Yeah, that's right. I want I, if Legacy does get greenlit, I'd love to see something incorporated with because the the D is still out there. I think the D is now at Geordie's house. I think it's um, part of the. Oh. Would be, um, but I don't think it's hiding in Hangar Bay 12 in his garage where he does it up on the weekend. Um, I, I think it's actually on show now. <laughs> yeah. Um. Should have they used a saucer separation? One one section we have um, in our episode is should have they used a saucer separation? And given given your um, background and expertise, um, Bill, do you think that they should have used a saucer separation in episode ten of um, <laughs> of Picard? Oh, with the D. Mm, with the D. I mean, they've got it was it was possible. I actually thought going in, if we saw the D, that we would actually get a saucer separation. Possibly with with such a short-handed crew that they had, mm. with half the crew already on the, the cube, I don't know who they would have gotten to pilot the, you know, the, the drive section. 
Mm, the only three of them left on the ship. Wasn't it Beverly, uh, Jordy, and Data were the only three left on the ship? Oh, and Worf. But Worf went with, uh, yeah, with Riker with and Picard, yeah. right? I'm, I'm also assuming that O'Brien's in the transporter room. <laughs> I mean, there was nothing to prove he's not there, but yeah, essentially there's eight people on board. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a crew of a thousand people, they can have eight people run the whole ship. There's that episode of Next Gen where the crew start dwindling down and it's only Beverly Crush that it remembers and it, it just becomes her and Picard and he goes, we've never needed more than two people before. That's <laughs> all you need to to fly it. I, I I kind of thought that maybe you know when Data had to use his gut to fit into the Borg cube and not not break the Enterprise. Maybe if they saucer separated, it might have been easier to to fit within the within the Borg cube. Their ship. They seem to have no trouble flying through that whole ship with the entire Enterprise D. So I don't think they really needed to separate. True. Nothing bad did happen, and they won. So no need to separate. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Um. So before you got to work on the ships, were you a Trekkie? Well, I've been a Trekkie all my life. Yes. Good. Back to when I was probably your age. Wow. Do you have an um an episode that that you remember as the one that um I guess started it for you, like the 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 love of the genre or indeed Trek itself? Oh yeah, it was in syndication back in the early '70s when Star Trek, the original series, was was airing. Mm. And uh, I remember uh, probably uh, the Balance of Terror uh, was for me the most exciting ship show because it was you know the Enterprise in combat versus the, you know the, the Romulan warbird, and that was probably one of the coolest episodes I remember as a kid, and and really wanted to have a model of that you know, bird of prey. Yeah. Uh, so which I think was had just come out by AMT. At the time, early seventies, so were that you... one sticks on my head is probably one of my favorite episodes. So, we have you always been in the ships, in, in into the ships? In... Yeah, I think that's what's always been my favorite character of the show is you know, <laughs> Enterprise and all the ships you saw in all the movies and, and TV shows after that. And it was something that you could, you know, work on and, and build and create yourself yourself at home um, and then design other ships. Uh, uh, so that was, you know, I think my favorite thing that, of Star Trek was really the ships. Yeah. And being able to design those myself. It, it's a good point. The, the, for each of the Star Trek inter- iterations, the, the ship or the space station for Deep Space Nine is a really key character. Yeah. You know, like, um, it, it goes through a lot. It's responsible. It's it's home. You know, it, it's, it's, a, it's amazing. And as Bill says, having that having the ability to get in there and design or create yourself. It's one of the, one of the really cool things of the genre. Yeah. Yeah. So when you did design the ship, did you do it from like your house or did you have, did you go out on the set and meet the people? No, I did it all from my house. And, you know, I live probably 2000 miles away from Hollywood on mm. the other end of the country. Uh, and of course it was all during uh, COVID. So we were mm. all working remotely. Um, but uh, yeah, I designed the ships digitally and uh, had them printed out in California. They were sent back to me in Ohio where I had assembled them, sent back to California where they were gold-plated and then put on the set. Um, and I did that you know, twice for both seasons two and three, yeah. so it was a lot of back and forth and, uh, and not a lot of time. I think, uh, well, season two, I had about two months to do all three models. Um, 
design, build, and have sent to them. For season three, uh, they waited till the very last minute before <laughs> they wanted the Titan model. They had 10 days uh, to build the, the Shangri-La and the Titan that you see on the wall. Uh, the one in the middle, the, the Rikers Titan, uh, yeah. they did themselves, but uh, for a while, they, I don't think that they were actually going to do that. They were like, oh yeah, we need another <laughs> ship. Yeah. They always forgot about the Rikers Titan, I think, uh, but thankfully... So what, what kind of era in our time were you, was that 10 days? Was like, was that, you know, with, with the series wrapping now, um, um, I mean, wrapping in the sense of us being able to watch it, I'm guessing this is like a year, year and a half ago that you've probably had to do this work? Yeah, this all happened in uh, uh, 2021. Right. Because it's, it's been in post-production uh, most of last year, but uh, yeah. yeah, the models were built... Uh, season two was like April of 21 and, and August of 21 is when I did the Titans. And with what they, with what they were able to tell you about stuff, were you, was it like need to know basis or did you have an idea of the story that was going to happen or yeah, what kind of level of information were you given at the, at that kind of time? Uh, well, when I did season two, it was uh, late in that season. So I didn't really know what was going on. And then um, in season three, I kind of knew at the beginning because that's when they asked to use the Shangri-La uh, for the show as the Titan. And Terry had asked uh, early on in season three because he liked the design. He had followed my work on Instagram right. and had asked me to build him a model of the Shangri-La because he really liked it. So I was starting to build him uh, that model of the, of the ship. And then uh, you know, one day I got a, an email from Dave Blass saying, Hey, I hear you're working on this model for, for Terry. Uh, can we see it mocked up with uh, Picard-era engines? I'm like, hmm, mm. okay. I mean, I just finished building this model, and it was built as a, T or a, a motion picture-era starship. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't really want to have to break it apart and put <laughs> new engines on it. But luckily, yeah. I had a couple of extra ones left over from season two. Right. I could Photoshop them in place of a photograph of the model. So I did that that night and emailed it back to Dave. Saturday night was like, I think I was watching TV Saturday night when I got this email and so I quickly, when, when Hollywood calls, you don't say no or wait until tomorrow, you do it Yeah, right you do now. it now. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what time it is. Yeah. And, uh, so I, thankfully I did that because Sunday morning I, I got an email from Dave saying, looks good, we're good to go. Wow. And you know, I was like, that's great. I had no idea what this is for, but I'm glad we're good to go on it. What, what's it for again? Yeah. So yeah, this is going to be the pressure for season three. Uh, what? Yeah. And, uh, Amazing. They're like, yeah, can, we, can, can you send over the digital files of this model? Wow. Did you? I hand built this. There is no digital files. Yeah. <laughs> it's in, the, it's I in my hand. Yeah. So I had designed this model like back in 2015. I was building a copy of it for, for, for Terry and using old model or old molds that I had when I built the original. So it, it doesn't exist digitally. So and I was leaving that Monday to go to Colorado to shoot a work on another film for visual or some, for some model work. For a month, so I had no time to, wow. you know, right. And then we had to bring Doug Drexler in uh, to, uh, to build the digital model of it within, you know, yeah, a couple of days to do it. Um, so it was, it was rush, rush, rush. And I had ideas. I was sketching more ideas on how the ship might look more 25th century because all they did was basically swap out the engines. And I thought, hmm, okay. And, uh, didn't really know what the direction was or why they were taking this old ship and putting just new engines on it. And, but maybe there was some kind of plot reason. 
that I, I didn't know about. And eventually, I was I was starting to get scripts from uh, the art department, and I started to know more about what was going on in the show, um, and you know, trying to figure out, you know, why are they using such a retro ship? Hmm. What's the reason behind it? And I don't know if they ever got it really explained. Other than I think Terry just wanted wanted it to be more of an underdog, right. so he basically kind of handicapped the ship from the beginning. Uh, by making it look older, even though it wasn't an older ship, but it just it happened to look retro. Right. Um, it was still a new ship for that, that time period. Did, and then, uh, did you get I, to keep any of the models you made of the starships? For like, Picard? For Picard? No. Or did they... Now, once they shipped that to uh, California, they were used on the set, and then uh, uh, they went, went into archives. So... Uh, Right. I'm sure Paramount has them in some crate or, you know, like Indiana Jones and, you know, there are some <laughs> secret wooden crates in some giant warehouse. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with them. But, or a real life no, Geordie LaForge is looking after everything. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like, like I do have a copy of the, uh, the ship I designed for season two. Uh, it's the Radiant Class Stargazer and that's sitting on my, my stereo. And I had that uh, played it the same way as the original oh, or the ones that were done for the show. And uh, that's kind of nice to have that. But I'm building a, another Titan right now for Terry. It's a, as the Enterprise G. And it's a large model. It's probably about three feet long. Wow. Um, and then uh, Todd uh, Stashwick, who plays... Uh, yep. Yeah. Captain Shaw. Captain Shaw. He, he wants a, a Titan for himself. So he's next in line. Oh, wow. But I'm getting pretty tired of building these things. I mean, I've been working on the same ship, it seems like, now for three years and... I'm ready to do other things. But, right. You know. It's pretty cool, though. Like, I mean, it's clear that it's not just a job to these guys. Like, that they're, they're in, for, in for the franchise and, and fans themselves. I mean, that's really clear with the story that got told in oh, yeah. season three anyway. That it, that wasn't a rushed script without any thought, you know. Like, there is so much detail, particularly for, you know, it's clear that they're lifelong fans and... You know, doing this podcast and being able to chat to some people that have been involved, it's clear that they're they're, they're just like us. You know, they're fans of the show. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah they're very, very inclusive of a lot of fans. I mean, even the people in the show, you know, they're Dave Blass is a big Star Trek fan. He's hmm. a professional fanner and, and Sean Tarango and, and myself and, and all the guys from Stowe, all, all those models are in the show and we're all just fans and of of Star Trek, and it's great that they've used all these people uh, in various aspects of the show. Mm. We so do. I, I could be more thrilled, you know. When there is a guest, we usually do ask the, we do a Trek before, Trekkie before this, and I think almost all of them have said they were before mm. they were in the episode, which is good that, you know, they're not just picking random actors, they're picking people who are, they're random actors, but they enjoy and like the franchise. Yeah, in fact, we, we actually had Todd Stashwick on the show um, after No Win Scenario, um, so episode four, and um, we found out that he was actually, he played a Romulan in Enterprise, so he'd been in, on Star Trek about 20 years ago, which is cool too, yeah. What? Good God. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Say it again. Okay, so the Wharf Medal is for any fighting, and boy, do we see a lot of fighting this week. 
So too much. I, so yeah, we have the whole fight every four minutes. I I challenged Jack from Two Minute Trek here to keep an eye on the fights and um, list for me the ones it that was, the word is hard. Who gets the points? Well, so there's the whole fleet versus space dock. Mm, that space um, dock survived a long time. It did. Considering it had like long. hundreds of ships fighting. Yeah. Yeah. Seven. Plus the older crew versus the under 25s. Yeah, it in... sounds like a game of footy, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and then Picard like shot the Borg Queen with the phaser and it didn't mm-hmm. work. And she's like... Eh. She laughed at that, didn't she? Yeah. She's like, I, I eat phasers for but breakfast. But still, it's violent. It was violent. <laughs> that you, and the Wolf Mineral doesn't care if you're any good at the fighting. It just cares it that you fought. did. Yeah, that's right. The Titan versus the whole fleet. Because mm-hmm. they did go against the whole fleet. Yeah. And then... The wharf with Riker mm-hmm. and then the drones and the... Yep. There, there were a couple of drones, Yeah, there, there wasn't yeah. many, but there was a couple because they were sleeping. Mm. Um, and Enterprise versus the cube that got like... That was the big fight, wasn't mm. it? Oh, and we had... What did we have? We had... We had Data driving. We had Deanna driving at one point, And we had Crusher at the wharf tactical station. Yeah. Bang, bang, bang. I liked her line. It wasn't long in the episode, but I liked her line, <laughs> I've learned a lot in the last 20 years. Yeah, yeah that awesome. was so good. Yeah. That was really good. Um, do you have anything that, that you're allowed to tell us that you're working on at the moment? Not really working on anything for the show. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm working on uh, models for Terry and Todd. Uh, yeah. Just ask for their, you know, as a private commission for themselves. Yeah. Um, beyond that, I, I'm, I'm booked for the next 18 months just with my own projects, uh, yeah. As a commissioned model builder, people ask me all the time, you know, can you build me this ship or yeah. that ship? And, you know, at this point, I just have to say no, because I just, I can't, basically, it's <laughs> just me. Yeah, I can build yeah. these one at a time, and these, these take uh, months to build, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a wait list, eight months, eight, there's a wait list 18 months long right now, unfortunately, but. Uh, that's good, though. <laughs> yeah. And opposite to that, is there anything you're not allowed to tell us? Mm, it's a question we'd like to ask people when they're a guest on the show. Is there any, like, yes or no, is there anything you're not, we're not after more than that because we don't want to get anyone fired. <laughs> well, I think, well, since season three is done, I mean, uh, all the secrets are out, so I, I really don't think there's anything that I, I know that isn't already known. Good answer. We haven't got we haven't got Billy in trouble. Yay! Fasolati. Do Unplanned Trek Mailbag. We've got a question from Open Pike. Those guys are awesome. They asked us. How can we as fans prevent future future iterations of starships with odd number of nacelles? In all serious note, in all seriousness, no, they ask. Thank you so much for your work. It truly is a gift. What do you think about ships with three nacelles? I don't. Two? Well, whatever. Do what they want to do. Mm, let's see what Bill says. I have no problem with that. I mean, as long as it looks cool. That's a really good answer. That's what we, we all saw thought. We Legend ship uh, in, in Stranger Worlds, right? Wasn't the, like the first ship we see in the first episode was a single engine yeah. destroyer. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think that's the first canon uh, depiction of a single engine or odd number ship. And, and then, of course, the, in the, the TNG episode, um, what's it called? Um, 
where they have the, the third engine on the, the, the D. Um, all good things. Yes, I was going to say, is it all good things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's where so we've been in the before. future. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you think there's a right number of day cells? Well, two seems to be the popular number, mm. uh, mostly used, mostly used. Uh, and then four, occasion when we get the, you know, into the constellation or the stargazer class ships. But more than four, uh, we push. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a DeLorean by then. It's just for just for show. Yeah. Um. In in discovery, the nacelles come off. They can separate when, like a saucer. Yeah. And when you do a discovery episode, you should do. Yeah. Did, should they use a nacelle separation? Yeah, that's right. So Trekkie Die asks, "I've always wanted to get into Star Trek model making. So how did you start?" I think I started uh, as a kid back in the 70s with my dad that was traveling quite a bit. So we always be airports and picking up souvenirs. Usually they were model uh, model airplanes. He would bring back home for me to, to construct. And then I think that's how I got into the hobby was you know, building model airplanes and then eventually tanks and cars and and spaceships. So uh, and then when Star Wars came out, you know, late 70s, and I was seeing what all the ILM guys were doing you know, building models out of other model kits. You know, they would buy just boxes and boxes of kits for parts, and they would they, they would detail, you know, whatever shape they're making, like a star destroyer, like a big rectangle or a, a triangle, and then encrusting it with plastic model parts, and basically just creating an old mo- their own model out of other models, like you know, true kit bashing. Yeah. And I thought I could do that. So I have <laughs> boxes and boxes of shelves, and, you know, of, of models on my shelves. So you can just basically just take anything. Uh, like a piece of wood and just cover with glue and, and throw plastic parts together, spray paint all one spray, spray paint it all one color, and boom, we've got a Star Wars ship. Mm. Just like that. It's like, I mean, I'm really simplifying it, but you know, you can make space stay easily if you wanted to. Yeah, I, I, I guess one thing would have to be a lot of patience as well with it. Like, and also the, oh, yeah. the ability to, I, I don't know, be okay be okay that it's not what you had in mind or to, to fiddle and tweak and, you know, adapt, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Right. Well, different ways of designing things. I mean, in Star Wars, it, it looked very much like it was just thrown together. So it's kind of like a, a used universe of just junk that was kind of just cut right. together versus Star Trek, which is very streamlined and, and very, you know, designed, very streamlined. And, you know, as a, as a model maker, to make a starship from Star Trek was took a lot more work to make it look good versus making something for Star Wars, which you can just, you know, like I said, take parts, put them together, and create something pretty much instantly and be kind of happy with what you got because it looks like the universe versus what you see in Star Trek, which is like, wow, that's, you know, took, you know, designers and artists, you know, months to, you know, concept and create and then model to build. To, to build. So that was a much longer process uh, as a model bird to look at that and go, whoa, that's, you know, little beyond my skill level but Star Wars stuff I could yeah. do that right now so Star Wars is a good way to get started it's a good way to get into the hobby yeah. uh, if you really want to just you know kit bash something and make it look like a fist universe and just have fun with it hmm. and that kind of thing teaches you a little bit about how to make parts fit together how to glue and you know, some of the, the basic skills you need to be a model builder uh, at curving and painting and detailing and maybe putting lights into things before you move into, you know, other other genres. But uh, 
So then you certainly you can go ahead and buy a model kit. So it's all ready for you just to mm. follow directions and start assembling. And then, you know, you can start building and, and painting and one after the other until you, you know, work up your, your skill level to actually just design and build your own model kit without relying on something you just buy. You can, you know, buy your own raw materials and uh, go from there or get in, get in 3D modeling mm. and design a ship digitally and then have it printed either one piece or in parts and it's got star trek asked an, a question to bill as well in the context of star trek what do you think is the greater challenge designing new ships that fit into existing visual language framework e.g federation klingons dominion he didn't say talaxians interestingly <laughs> um or developing a visual framework from scratch which is more fun yeah i think it's uh an equal challenge building something that's uh, probably a, a mix of being original that fits a certain genre, or a, you know, whether it's an alien race or a Federation starship, um, building something that's unique, but looks like it belongs in that universe, something new, um, and maintaining you know, some kind of continuity uh, with, with what's already been done. Uh, it's like... It's like, it's like language, design language, or any, any kind, of kind of language. It's learning how to speak it and then being able to use it fluently, be able to speak what people understand what you're saying uh, by taking elements of certain ships or the things you've seen in the show and technology and, uh, and reinterpreting it in a way that, you know, it's new, but still recognizable as, you know, whether it's a Federation ship or a Romulan ship or a Klingon ship. Um, and those are things that I, I do myself just for fun I've never professionally had anybody, you know, from the show say, make me a ship that fits this era uh, because they, they like what I've already done and just kind of borrowed those ideas, like the Shangri-La and, and the Intrepid. Yeah. And I didn't have a lot of say in what happened. It's like, here you go, and off it goes. Um, although when I did the, the Sega or the, uh, the Radiant class Stargazer, they just said, build us a ship that looks like it would be a, a predecessor to the, you know, the original constellation stargazer you know the tng version I went, oh boy you know and I, so i gave a bunch of ideas yeah. it could be a four inch ship it could be a two inch ship it could be this or that i just gave a bunch of ideas just to get a, a foothold of what they wanted uh, direction wise and then from there i can you know play with it some more and i had more fun with with that just coming up with something new and unique um and putting my own stamp on it and they liked it and i think because i had more time to work on that uh, versus what we did with the, the Titan and the other one. Actually, with the Intrepid, I had more time. Uh, actually, I had like two months to work on that with Terry. It was kind of fun because mm. he had contacted me when I thought I was done with Star Trek. Because he's right. like, hey, I, I saw you working on this other ship here. Uh, I have an idea to use this in the show. And, oh, yeah? And it was just he and I just kind of conversing you know, via text. Yeah. Uh, I would just do some little drawings on it and send it to him. He's like, oh, I like that. And they change agent a little bit this way. Yeah, I mean, it was more of a back and forth, which I'd hoped it had, would have happened with the Titan, but it didn't. But with this one, it did. It, it became more of a, a collaboration uh, of people working on stuff rather than like, we're taking your idea and we're going to go, if I'm, <laughs> go, wait a minute, I'm not done with it. That's excellent. That's really cool. I mean, we as a fan you and watching the show, just as, you know, a, a normal fan, you don't think about that kind of stuff that goes into it. You just presented with a ship and that's the ship. But the, 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 the thought and the, the care that's taken between each 
you know, the, the, the hearing that Terry's interested in the design and, and really caring and being involved in that is really cool too. But also, you know, hearing your creative thoughts and ideas and, and again, the need to hustle and get, get it out quick while, cause, cause, um, what's even more valuable than money in this industry is time, it's right? Time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and you don't get more of it. You only get less. So, um, yeah, right. I, I just find that really fascinating. So yeah, thanks for sharing that. That's really cool. You know, really, really thankful for you making some time for us today. It's been really cool learning a bit more about some of the behind the scenes stuff. And we get to see, like, we just spoke to um, an ensign then. It's cool seeing the difference between hearing about an actor and the ship designer, like they're different stories, but both of them are really interesting. Yeah, it's pretty cool to see uh, or to hear the behind the scenes stories of, you know, behind the set. Mm. It's one thing I wish I was able to do is, you know, see the set in person and you know, see the actors in place and, you know, my models on the set. And, uh, but that never happened. So I've been kind of living uh, that vicariously through their, their, their uh, Twitter accounts and their behind the scene photos and uh, that's always fun to see and we see a lot more of them that at the show's over yeah. people are, are sharing a lot of their personal cell phone shots even Todd's shared some really cool stuff um, yeah I think I've used it one of them on my Facebook page where he's standing in front of the, the three gold plated models behind him he's just kind of leaning back on the mm-hmm. and it's like that's my new Facebook header is it oh excellent and like what you do and share on on Facebook is uh, sorry on what, what where I usually see is on on Twitter. Um, it's it's really really cool to see the stuff that you've put out, and uh, I'm always yeah. It, it's if if there was more reactions than just the heart, I'd be giving it. I just absolutely love the stuff that you put out there. So thanks for again for for not only um talking to us today, but but sharing that stuff for, for us in the community because it, it's stuff that we all just, we can't get enough of, we all love it. And although there might be one or two people that, that say negative stuff from time to time, that's not that's not the community and they don't belong to us. <laughs> so they're so Star much. Wars fans. Yeah, they're Star Wars people. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, th- thanks again for making time for us, Bill. I hope, hope we can catch up again no soon. Yeah, cool. Thanks, man. <laughs> See you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye, Jack. Bye, Isaac. Bye, Bill. Well, Jack, this has been amazing. I really hope you enjoyed talking to Bill and Olivia. How, I did. how are you feeling? It was really interesting talking to them. It was, Being wasn't it? A fan of track. Yeah, and you know, to our um, friends out there that have helped supply us questions today, some of these we wouldn't have thought of asking in our own right. So mm. we really appreciate you helping us out, and hope you get a bit of a thrill hearing Bill and Olivia answering your questions. Um, Jack, it's been really fun doing this. Yeah, it has. Should we do it again? Sure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, um, for um, people that aren't aware, do you want to tell them about Two Minute Trek and what you do there? Well, we actually need to tell you this, but we need to do a Two Minute Trek today. Are we? Yeah, because I said in our last episode that we're doing an episode every day <laughs> for a week. <laughs> okay, maybe. So, um, explain to people the concept. So, we watch an episode and we have to review it in literally two minutes. You say we. Who are you doing it with? You. Oh. <laughs> so this is technically just a long two-minute This is episode a very long episode of two With the unplanned track. track. Yeah. So, yeah, me and Jack watch a random episode of Star Trek. So this week, well, not this week. Well, this week we're going to try to watch every episode. Every episode? No, no, not every. <laughs> we're going to try to do an episode every day. And yep. I've got, like, a very busy day today. 
So what tell, tell them what you're doing after this. I'm doing like a musical thing and then I'm going go-karting and then I have to watch a movie that dad likes a bit. Okay, okay. Let, <laughs> let me interrupt you. You said you have to go and watch a movie. No, 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 no. You're watching the best movie of all time. So we've got this local cinema that does 80s and 90s movies and today they're putting on from 1990, the world's best movie, Teenage Mutant Ninja Star Turtles. Trek 4. They're not. They're not putting on Star Trek 4, but we would go if they were. Um, we're watching the Ninja Turtles. We were taking Jack's brothers and sisters, brother and sisters. Jack's got three yeah. siblings. And we're, we're doing that. So that's going to be a great end to the day. But yes, you've but got, if a, you've we got have a big enough time, day today. If we have enough time, we have to try and record two minute track. All right. Well, the it's good thing is it doesn't take too long to record. True. So yeah, if you like, if you like what my, my son here, Jack, For has the next has couple, today. since Picard's done, we're just doing the first episode of each series. Oh. Until it's Okay. You're the boss. <laughs> and also, Jack has recently started the unplanned track, or should I call it the... Unplanned track. TikTok account. Oh yeah. So um, if you're a TikToker, I'm um, not. Follow him there. It's unplanned dot track. Okay, follow us there, unplanned and you can see track. some of the content that Jake's going to do. It could be underscore or when dot. Andrew know. and I are filming. You'll find us. There's nothing uploaded yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah you can watch our first stuff when it when it goes. <laughs> so yes, yeah, you sensation- can make history. Sensational effort today, mate. Thanks for coming on. No problem. Um, live long and prosper. It's just not what you'd expect That's because it's Unplanned Trek Unplanned Trek Okay, so we've got the questions for Bill Okay Did you pause it? No, I don't need to Why? Why would we pause it? I can just edit it Okay I'm Todd Starswick, and you are listening to Unplanned Trek. Thank you for listening to Unplanned Trek. Unplanned Trek. This show is written by Isaac Brown and improvised by Andrew Hogan. Unplanned Trek. We upload our podcast weekly via ACAR. Unplanned, wait. Implant, wait, hold on. Unplanned, wait. You can find links to other episodes and merch at unplannedtrek.com. This is also where you can find our Patreon page where, amongst other things, you can hear our exclusive podcast on Star Trek V, which we're reviewing one minute at a time. Follow our socials on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or write to us at hello at unplannedtrek.com. If you like what you hear, make sure you get notifications from your favourite podcast provider to make sure you know when we next release a pod. Unplanned Trek is part of the Anodyne Relay network of podcasts. Unplanned Trek. We're thankful to all our listeners, including you. Special thanks to David Joseph Moody of Let's Talk About Treks, Mark and the entire Shuttlepod show team, Haunted John and Lee Nichols. Rustling papers, rustling papers. Live long and prosper. This is Bruce Horak and you are listening to Unplanned Trek. You've got a cool background. <laughs> <laughs> appropriate <laughs> it is yeah.
So I'm Isaac, I'm the guy you've been chatting to on Twitter, and this is Jack, who's my co-host this week. He's also my son. Hi, Jack. How old are you? Um, 12. Nice to meet you. That's nice to meet you, too. <laughs> um, Have you watched all of Star Trek? Uh, not all of it. I did see all of Picard. I've seen most of it. 